John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Church, our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she said to him in Hebrew, Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But instead, go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Pastor Jeremy. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your word. and Lord, today... And I hope every Sunday I'm aware that the words of a man, any man, don't really matter unless the power of the Holy Spirit is upon those words. So I pray today that your Holy Spirit would anoint this message and that your sheep who come here to feed upon your word would be filled that they might go out and walk according to your will and your ways. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let the church say amen. Last week, played a little Bible trivia with you. Let's see if you remember. Last week, the question was, name the first person to tell others that Jesus is the Messiah. You remember the answer? The Samaritan woman at the well. First person. New question today. Who's the first person to share the good news of the resurrection? Pastor Jeremy read about her. Mary of Magdala. She was last at the cross and first at the tomb. It's important that we remember her because she inspires us to be the people that the Lord Jesus Christ has called us to be to share the good news. And when we're sharing the good news, that sometimes means we have to refute people that are teaching false doctrine or false things, and we're faced with that all the time. I remember a few years ago, a book came out called The Da Vinci Code. They made a movie about it. Author was Dan Brown. He said Mary Magdalene is of monumental importance because she was married to Jesus. 
No, she wasn't. And yet, that's the kind of tripe that often passes along in the culture, and people believe this. She also didn't have Jesus' baby. There's a lot of things that are taught and are, are made popular in the culture that the church has to stand up against. We, we have to do it, or else it creeps in. It even creeps into the church, creeps into the seminaries, it creeps into a lot of places. It's important to defend the faith. 37 years of ministry, I've been trying to do my best to defend the faith once and for all, delivered to the saints. That sometimes means you have to stand up against things that are false. Today, I want us to focus on a lady that not only stood up against those things that were false, but she's the first person that went and told everybody the truth. I have seen him alive. Imagine the impact of that. I've done a lot of funerals. I've yet to hear that. I have seen him alive. We're going to focus on her today. My hope is to inspire you to be the kind of person that she was in sharing the gospel. Because above all things, our first calling as a disciple is to share the gospel. Amen. One of the great preachers in history is Reverend C.H. Spurgeon. He wrote a sermon about Mary Magdalene. Gave her a tribute because of her devotion to Christ at the cross. Here's what he wrote, quote, Where was Peter? Where was James? Philip and Andrew and Nathaniel, where were they? I do not know, but I know where Magdalene was. She was at the tree of doom there, hard by her Lord, glad to confess a persecuted Christ. Here is the test of true love. To follow Christ in peaceful times is easy, but to follow hard after him when he is despised and rejected of men here is the pinch. That's old English. In other words, when it costs you something, that's the test. Has your faith ever cost you something? It cost Mary Magdalene. I want us to learn about her today and learn the truth. There's a widespread disparagement about her character throughout history. And it can all be brought down to one person, Pope Gregory the Great, who back over 1,500 years ago wrote about her. And 1591, he, he pronounced that Mary Magdalene was the same person as Mary, the sister of Martha. That's not true. The Pope also wrote that this was the same person who took and with her tears washed Jesus' feet and dried them with her hair to anoint him for burial. That's also not true. It's not the same person. But the Pope took three different people and put them together in, in an amalgamation of one and misled people for years. By the way, a later Pope in my lifetime has come and repudiated 
Pope Gregory's writings. But Pope Gregory said that Mary Magdalene had seven demons. Seven demons, and they represented the seven deadly sins, said the Pope. And she was guilty of com committing a sin against every one of them. That's also not true. I know she was a sinner. We're all sinners. I don't even begin to know how to explain all the false teaching about Mary other than just give it to you straight and tell you the truth. So let's do a little case study on Mary. Who was she, really? We ought to know. She's probably, and I think I'm right, the most talked about lady in the whole New Testament other than Mary, the mother of Jesus. The first time you hear about her is Luke chapter 8. By the time we're done today, you're going to hear about her as the first evangelist ever. But let's start with her introduction. Quote, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve, the men, were with them, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of King Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support Jesus and the disciples out of their own means. So here you had a group of ladies financially supporting the ministry of Jesus. Luke says Mary had seven demons cast out of her. You can interpret this any way you want, and people do. But though I'm not an expert, I know biblical numerology well enough to know that the number seven always refers to completeness. So Luke is telling us that she was completely possessed and victimized by this demon possession in her life. Whatever symptoms that might have provided, whether she appeared as if she had mental illness, whatever. It was completely taking over her life. Have you ever known anyone where mental illness took over their life? I have. And when you're completely devastated by mental illness, it's the worst kind of illness I can imagine. I can only imagine how Mary Magdalene managed to get through life being overcome with this. And then one day, she met Jesus. She met Jesus, and he cast the demons out of her. And she was completely a different person. Jesus had set her free. Maybe you're here today, and you know what it's like for Jesus to set you free of something. And you can rejoice and say, hallelujah, amen. Y'all can say, hallelujah, amen. Mary had such gratitude she began to follow Jesus as a faithful disciple. So much so that when she's listed with these women, she's the first one, which implies she's the leader of this band, this discipleship band of women. And they're there just like the men following Jesus. On the day of resurrection, Mary takes the most prominent role of any of them. She goes to the tomb at dawn on the first day of the week. She wants to 
properly prepare the body of Jesus for burial. Remember, she saw him die. She was last at the cross. She saw Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus take his body, wrap it, and quickly put it in Joseph's tomb. She knew where the body was laid. She went there with the other women. She was going to properly, lovingly prepare him for what at that point she thought would be forever. So she goes to the tomb. And the the stone is rolled away. And there's no body. And she thinks somebody must have stolen the body. Later, guards will be bribed to say that very thing. And then she, she hears these angels, one at the foot, one at the head. And, and then she's crying, she's despondent. Someone else appears. She doesn't recognize that it's Jesus at that moment. I've tried to figure out why. Maybe it's because she's crying, and you know when your eyes are filled with tears, you can't see well? That could be an explanation. Maybe she didn't even look up. I have a tendency to do that. For whatever reason, she didn't know it was Jesus until she heard him say her name. Mary. Mary. Let me tell you, when you hear the Lord call your name, that'll stop you. I can only imagine that moment where she heard his name and recognized his voice. I wonder if you can see her at the tomb, drying her eyes. She already said to the person, the same person that she thought was the gardener she already said sir if you've carried him away tell me where you put him i will get him she's saying that to jesus and she doesn't even know it and then she hears her name mary and she knows she responded like a sheep who who heard the shepherd's voice And then Jesus does something odd. I don't really understand it. I've read a lot of commentary. He says, Mary, don't touch me yet. I haven't ascended to the Father. A week later, he's going to appear to Thomas, and he's going to say, Thomas, reach your hand here. Feel my side. So I, I can't understand why he says this to Mary, says something else a week later to Thomas. There's been a lot of commentary about it. But for whatever reason, he says, Mary... Don't touch me yet. Instead, I got a job for you. My friends, if you haven't tuned in to any part of this sermon, now's the time to tune in. Jesus says, Mary, I got a job for you. Go tell the disciples. Go tell them. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have Mary's job. Each one of us, We're called to go tell others and share the gospel. So Mary runs back and she tells the disciples. And she says, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. She becomes the very first evangelist. 
of the risen Christ. St. Augustine was so impressed by her, he called her the apostle to the apostles because she was the first one to deliver the good news. I was reading an article the other day by Jennifer Heron, and she gave us a lot of lessons about Mary Magdalene's life. I'm not giving you all the lessons. I'm giving you the top three. Number one, gratitude should drive us. Gratitude should drive everything you do. Do you see that in Mary's life? She's following Jesus because she has a grateful heart because he's cast these demons out of her and she follows him and gives, gives him financial support. She's there every time. She has a heart of gratitude. Many of you know when I first came, y'all would ask me how I am. I would tell you better than I deserve. I got that from a friend of mine, the mayor of Lumberton. A couple years ago, I got sick of saying that. Mainly because I got tired of trying to explain it to you and the theology behind it. So then I came up with a better idea. I was looking for something that I could say that was me, completely me. And one day I just started saying, when people ask me, how are you? I just say, I'm grateful. And then they say, why? And then I say, because I'm better than I deserve. Then I got to explain the whole thing again. But I am grateful. I've learned to develop a heart of gratitude, not just at Thanksgiving, but every day of my life. I have so much to be grateful for, no matter what else is happening, to have a grateful heart. Mary is driven by this gratefulness. It will change your life when you begin to tell yourself that you're grateful. What have you got to be grateful for? Count your blessings. Start counting them. Don't count your curses. Count your blessings. Mary, I just, I can tell you, though I don't know much about her, I can tell you she had a grateful heart. You can just tell she had a grateful heart. She had every reason to have it. Second lesson, your past doesn't matter when you're in Christ. We don't know a lot about Mary's life before she was possessed. I think it's so wrong to imply that she was sexually promiscuous. Nobody knows that. Here's what we do know. There was a time before Jesus and a time after Jesus. There was a time when she was born again and born of the Spirit, and it changed her life. There was a time when she repented and she received forgiveness, and her past never mattered to Jesus. It was over. My friends, if your past doesn't matter to Jesus, why do you hold on to it? Let it go. Amen? Let the pain go. Let the guilt go. Let the shame go. Learn from Mary. Your past doesn't matter when you're in Christ. Third lesson. Go and tell the good news. Throughout history, women have been treated as less than an equal partner in so many ways. They weren't even considered reliable witnesses in court in Jesus' day. So for a woman to come and testify about anything wasn't even allowed in court. And yet, who did Jesus pick to be the first witnesses to tell the world? He picked women. 
He trusted them to pass on the good news of the gospel. I'm glad to be a part of a global Methodist church who believes women should be in ministry equal to men because both of us can share the gospel. We can share the gospel because we know it and it's changed us. There's something about Mary. I'm looking forward to one day being in heaven. I want to meet her. I want to know her better. I want to know the first evangelist of the gospel. If she were here today, I don't know what she would tell you if she could give her testimony, but I think it would probably be gratitude should drive you. Your past doesn't matter when you're in Christ. Go and tell the good news of the gospel. I have seen him alive. I think that's what she'd tell you. The Apostle Paul wrote a verse that I think Mary lived out. He said, And now, just as you accepted Christ, Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built upon him and then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And I would put in parentheses, gratefulness. So last couple of days I've been doing yard work. It's that season of the year, that joyful season where the nut grass is coming up and the dandelions are growing. Can I get an amen? The most evil thing I know of is nut, is nut grass. I have learned that you have to dig down deep. Unless you're going to use Roundup and brush it, you've just got to dig down deep and get the whole root. I'm still pulling up dead shrubs from the freeze a couple years ago. Are y'all? Thankfully, I've gotten most of the easy ones out. You know why? Because they were the young bushes. And they didn't put down roots very far into the clay that surrounds my house. But there's this one bush that got killed, and it was a big bush. And its roots go down really deep. Do you think I dug that one up? No. I've been looking at it. And I've been thinking about it, and I just hacked it down. Its roots are so deep into that clay, it would take me literally an hour to dig that up. When I read this verse from Paul, where he says, let your roots grow down deep. Yesterday I was thinking about that as I pulled up nutgrass and dandelion and I was thankful that their roots didn't grow that deep. But there's a lot of things in my life that I know I have to plant deep and my very first one is my faith in Christ. I wonder if that's where you're at today. Do your roots go down deep in Christ? I've lifted up for you one lady that I guarantee you her roots went down deep and that's Mary. And her roots went down deep in Christ so that she withstood anything that came her way. I have no doubt she was persecuted for her faith. I have no doubt she gave and made great financial sacrifice for the church. I don't know, but there's something about Mary that inspires me to grow down roots deep so that I will never, ever give up. And I will not be ashamed 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. I want to share it like the first evangelist. That's what I want to pass on to you. I want you to have Mary's heart, the heart of an evangelist. Some of you may say, Pastor Rick, I'm not good at sharing my faith. I'm intimidated. Brothers and sisters, it's time for all of us to deal with that intimidation and see it as it is, a great temptation by the enemy to keep us from boldly sharing our faith. The Lord has changed your life. Go and share that news like someone who was dead is now alive. You're called to share that gospel. It's changed the world. It's changed you. Let your roots grow down deep so that you'll be bold to share that gospel. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.